Welcome to the Besties with Breasties podcast. Sarah Hall here. I am a certified health and wellness coach, athletic trainer, mom, and breast cancer survivor. I help women overcome their own mind drama to make mind shifts that open up the possibility for their most empowered and energetic life. And I am Beth Wilmus, author, speaker, and founder of a human investment organization, otherwise known as a nonprofit called Faith Through Fire. Our mission is to reduce the fear and anxiety that breast cancer patients feel and replace it with hope and a path toward thriving. This podcast is about our experiences with breast cancer and life after as young survivors and moms. Oh, hello, Beth. Hello. How are you? I'm fabulous. I'm feeling tired today. I'm feeling oh, like... You and I I'm both kind of look... I'm feeling kind of mellow. I was going to say, I saw you and you saw me, and I think we both look like we got punched in the face. I mean, my face isn't bruised or anything, <laughs> no, but... But we just look tired. I just feel tired. I don't know Neither why. Neither one of us are done I, up. I think it's because it's been bright and sunny the last few days, and today is like a little cloudy. So uh, I like, know. Ah. It's cloudy and kind of rainy. And Today just... is a snuggle up on a book day. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm really looking forward to today's conversation. We can just hop right into it. This is like right up your alley. It is right up my alley. Anything anything holistic that can be added as a additional tool to better your health is like Sarah's jam. jam. Yeah, she for loves sure. it. I love those those kinds of jams. Yeah, right. So today we're actually going to be talking with April from Midwest Thermography Solutions. So I'm excited to talk to her. When did you When did you first hear about thermography? I was working at the birth center. I first learned about thermography when it was recommended because we had somebody come in and I remember she was like she had just turned 50, I think, and had never gone for any mammograms or anything. And she's scared. No, she wasn't scared. I just remember the midwife being like, you need to do some kind of something. It mm-hmm. would be highly recommended. And why, she was, why, Did she give a reason why she wasn't going? No, I just think she, she just lived a very holistic lifestyle. And she's like, I, you know, if something's going to happen, it's going to happen. And <laughs> I support that kind of lifestyle because it, everything is a choice. And sometimes those are very anxiety provoking. And for some people, that is more than they can handle. So anyway, it was recommended to her that she try thermography because she was wor- she was mostly worried about the radiation. I think somebody in her family had been some kind of radiation or something. I don't know. Some kind of radiation was an issue for her. So it was recommended thermography. And I remember looking into it and reading about it. And I think this maybe even was before or after I got diagnosed with breast cancer. I can't remember. I remember thinking like, oh, this is a really interesting option for anybody who is looking for something in conjunction, you know, or for for somebody like her, it's like she can either go forever without any testing or she could find something that works for her. Got it. Yeah. Interesting. So that's the first time I heard about it. And then I read a little bit more on it. And then obviously when I got breast cancer and heard lots of people talking about I have dense breast tissue and I just go back for mammogram after mammogram. And it's like at the end of the day, they never trusted the results anyway. So mm. Yeah, I didn't really know about thermography until we started dealing with breast cancer patients and mm-hmm. we and they were really interested in kind of taking control of their own health and mm-hmm. they were looking at at options to use yeah. to further, you know, yeah, to further their knowledge, I guess, you know, yeah. about their body. I think everybody's kind of interested in learning more about their own specific body yeah. um, and what they can do to improve their health. So yeah. I think today should be interesting. Yep, for sure. So we are going to introduce April from Midwest Thermography Solutions. We're going to be talking about what thermography is. And then we're going to wrap up with how thermography can be used in conjunction as a tool for breast cancer prevention. That's right. 
Uh, But before we introduce April, let's go to our first sponsor. Hair loss is consistently ranked as one of the most feared side effects of chemotherapy treatment. The emotional impact chemo hair loss can have on patients has been well documented. Scalp cooling is a simple treatment that can prevent hair loss caused by certain chemotherapy drugs. The use of scalp cooling is proven to be effective in preventing chemotherapy-induced alopecia and can result in people retaining much of their hair. Paxman is the global leader in scalp cooling. Their cold cap is scientifically proven to reduce hair loss during chemotherapy. If you are facing cancer treatment and concerned about losing your hair, ask your provider about scalp cooling and visit our website at www.coldcap.com. Today we have April with us from Midwest Thermography Solutions. April says living a healthy lifestyle starts with information and prevention. She has two daughters and was a dental hygienist for 14 years before becoming a board-certified integrative nutrition health coach. She has a passion for guiding her patients to optimal health through the use of thermography and health coaching. Thermography helps increase the quality of your life with nurturing technologies that prevent and detect without the harmful radiation. So welcome, April. We're glad you're here. Thank you. Great to be here. So it looks like we have a lot in common. So I actually also am a health coach and I have two daughters. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) So April, can you tell us a little bit about what thermography is? I I think for a lot of women, they've not heard of it and they aren't really aware of that modality. Can you explain what it is to, to everybody listening? Sure. Thermography has actually been studied for over 30 years. It's not always been used medically, but it has, and probably the past 15, 20 years been used in the medical realm. But it's basically taking a picture with an infrared camera, capturing the infrared radiation that's coming off of our skin, which is actually tracking blood flow in our body. So it's more of a physiological test. We're watching or, you know, we're imaging more the cellular level and instead of structure. So we're not actually seeing bone and tissue in there. We're seeing the blood flow patterns in our bodies, which is, is very interesting because we should be symmetrical, you know, left to right with our blood flow patterns and our, and they should remain constant our entire life. So any abnormal pattern or a pattern that is different from the last time someone came in can indicate inflammation or any type of dysfunction in the body. So there's no radiation using it. It's, it, it's 100% safe, no contraindications at all. I think what I think what I find really interesting about thermography is that it's and I've talked to a lot of younger women who maybe have had a friend who've been diagnosed with breast cancer, but they don't recommend even starting mammograms until you're in your 40s. Is that right? 40s or 50s? No, it's 40s. 40s. I think they changed it now to the 40s. So I think what is really... Which Sarah and I have said before, being diagnosed at 32 and 35 is a little frustrating. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I think what's really interesting is that when I've had conversations with women in their 30s, maybe even later 20s who have had a family history or have had a friend impacted is that they feel like, well, I don't want to start a mammogram super early, but it sounds like having kind of that baseline thermography and then potentially using it as a tool earlier on for earlier detection. It sounds like it's a nice option. It is a great option because, you know, usually your patterns become stable, you know, five years ish after puberty. So once that happens, if we can get us, you know, a baseline, that's your, those patterns shouldn't change, Mm -hmm. you know, unless something's going on. So if we can get a good baseline really early, it's 
it's optimal for every woman just to kind of keep an eye on things. It's so non-invasive that it's, you know, it's silly not to do, not to do it because it's almost 90%, you know, sensitivity rate. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it catches things so early in the process because we're not looking for disease that's already there. We're Mm -hmm. looking for changes that happens before, Mm -hmm. before um, diseases are caught. So, Yes, that 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 brings up a little bit of a sticky widget because Sarah and I've had some conversations with some other modalities where they are trying to prevent disease. And then that always elicits the question of, okay, you see something abnormal before an actual tumor develops. What's the next course of action? What are you supposed to do with that information? And I think that might be part of why the medical community hasn't fully embraced this technology is because it's like, well, what do you do, you know, when you have that finding you know, what's the next step? So can you kind of explain in your experience, like uh, a story maybe of a woman of how she found something on, you know, through thermography and what she did and how it kind of all relates to preventative care and, and, and uh, stopping or halting any kind of problems before it gets to anywhere? Absolutely. I mean, I have several cases where, you know, there was an abnormality found on thermography. And once that's found, we do send them for structural testing. So it's not, it's not something that you use alone thermography, you know, you use it along with structural testing, which just increases your chances of finding something super early when, when you use them together. Mm-hmm. But you know, there, there was in, in one particular case, a woman who there was a a new abnormality. She had had a stable, several stable thermograms. And so we sent her to do structural testing. They didn't see anything. So she came back six months later, instead of a year, and we did another image and it did look like there was a little more activity in there with her thermal pattern around this one area in her breast. And so I sent her to a clinic here in St. Louis that does a lot of different modalities like IV therapy, ozone therapy, hyperbaric oxygen chamber, red light therapy. I mean, a lot of alternative modalities are done there. And she started, she changed her diet drastically, you know, cut sugar. It was eating very much just whole foods. And she came back the next six months later and the progression had halted. It was actually slightly better. Mm, A lot of, a lot of just preventing or reversing when it's early enough is just, it's catching it super early and just, you know, cutting everything from your diet, basically that is feeding the cancer and then, you know, flooding your body with extra nutrients just to help your immune system boost so highly that it's fighting mm. disease instead of creating disease. Yeah. So I, I want to touch on this because we're talking about using it in conjunction with when you say structural screenings, I'm assuming you mean mammograms. For, and, and ultrasound. And ultrasound. And MRI, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, something that a lot of women don't know, they get a lot of security from their mammograms, but in screening mammograms, they miss about one in eight breast cancers. Mm -hmm. And for young women in particular, not necessarily young, but if women have dense breasts, they're more likely to get false negative results as well. And I actually just had a friend who is my age. She's in her 40s, early 40s. And she got called back or she felt a lump and she got called back from her mammogram and they were basically prepping her for this is cancer. Mm-hmm. And she was, she had to go in for, they said, come in for a biopsy. We never, you know, we only see this in 1% of breast cancer or 
I don't know, we only see this 1% of the time, we're pretty sure it's cancer. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, she knew this going into the biopsy. So I met her at the hospital to wait for her in case she, you know, got that news from the radiologist right there. And when she came out, she's like, oh, no, they said it's fine. And I'm like, you went from you from you thinking went, you had cancer. You went from from being told that we're pretty certain this is cancer. They didn't even do the biopsy. They looked at it on the ultrasound and they're like, nope, it's good. And I I just told her, I said, listen, you know, I'm glad you got the A-OK, but they miss they miss. Sometimes they miss. Yeah. It's yeah. not 100 percent guarantee. I'm like, you're young. You have dense breasts. I'm like, I would yeah. be hyper vigilant about following up on this and yeah. not waiting for another year to get another mammogram. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think it's worth saying that mammograms are not perfect. They miss one in eight breast cancers. So and if women have dense breasts, they're more likely to get that false negative result, which is why Sarah and I in part opted to get double mastectomies because mm-hmm. I didn't have the confidence. I'm, I don't want to speak for Sarah, but I didn't have the confidence that they wouldn't miss another cancer in the opposite breast. Correct. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to have to worry about that, which is why I got rid of all my breast tissue. But so I think, you know, it's interesting. And two, when we talk about thermography, you're talking about blood flow. But I how does that relate to the blood flow that they see when they look at a tumor on, say, an ultrasound? Because that's what they're looking for when they when they do other imaging, right, is blood flow when they when they're looking at an ultrasound. Well, when they're looking at an ultrasound, they're looking at structure actually. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, if they're looking at blood flow there, I'm sure they can see some blood flow. I'm not super, super familiar with exactly what they can see with ultrasound, but the blood flow that we're looking at is a comparative to the one before, mm-hmm. unless if it's your first time, they can see an abnormal pattern, but they don't know for sure. Most of the time, because they have nothing to compare that first one to if that's something that's progressing or if that's something that is just, you know, in the body. So cysts look very different blood flow wise than a tumor. So they can try to differentiate. It's not, nothing's, you know, diagnostic on there. They just can give you an idea of what they think it is with that blood flow. And then you can kind of investigate it further, but the blood flow, you know, it takes every 90 days, cancer cells double. So it starts with one cell, 90 days later, there's two cells, 90 days later, there's four cells and, and so forth. So, you know, once you get up to, you know, thermography can usually capture it around the second year. So we're looking at those patterns and if they're changing at all. So the very beginning of the change we can see. So I don't, it's not, it's not different blood flow. It's the same blood flow. It's just, I guess, tracking it thermally. Uh, the subdermal blood flow, we can just see, you know, through the infrared camera. Gotcha. How, how does it relate to somebody who say is metastatic and they want to track kind of like the progression of their disease? I mean, skin anxiety is a real thing. So mm-hmm. I think I, I'm kind of curious the mental impact that something like thermography would have on a patient, you know, like they, they're often going in for scans asking for, you know, are my markers getting higher? Are they staying stable? You know, is there a place for people in terms of disease progression and then trying to incorporate holistic care, like you mentioned, like diet and exercise and things like that to kind of battle that inflammation? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I mean, I have many women that have had breast cancer come in because the number one fear for them typically is it's spread. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where it spread. So, you know, we don't image just the breast, we image the entire body head to toe. And you can image as much, as little, or as much as you want at one, any given time. So when they come in, we can just tell them, you know, the doctors who are interpreting these images, will let them know, 
where there's areas in their body that do show inflammation or some type of dysfunction. And that way they can get an idea. They can compare every time they come in and then they can get an idea of where there's inflammation. Do we need to check it further? Is it, you know, with their doctor, they can just ask for a certain blood work or they can take their report into your doctor and say, Hey, listen, my, ovaries show that there are a little bit of inflammation, you know, can we do some blood work, maybe an ultrasound to kind of check that area out. And because I'm sure those doctors too are hyper-focused on the body and wanting to see, make sure everyone is healthy and that the cancer hasn't spread anywhere. Yeah, that makes sense. So I, I did not know that you could do thermography over the whole body. I thought it was like kind of restricted to one specific area. No, it's, you know, we have three options. You can do one region. You can do any region of your body. If you want to do most, mostly one regions are breast, but if you want to just do your thyroid and check your thyroid, if you just want to do your abdominal area, check all the organs and digestive Hmm. system and, you know, you can do your abdominal. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. So we talked about kind of false negatives in mammography, but what about like a false negative or a false positive in thermography? What What is the error rate with this kind of modality? So it's about the same as mammography. It's it's a, there. It's about ninety percent sensitive, ninety percent specificity. So you know, not any test is one hundred percent, and that's why they like to use them in conjunction with each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're seeing different things than the structural testing, ultrasound, and mammogram are seeing. So it's just a good adjunctive test to use those together. Which I really want to touch on, and I want to kind of reiterate. But before we do that, let's do boobs in the news. Yes, let's do boobs. <laughs> boobs in the news is a fun segment where we read funny tweets by real people or ridiculous news stories. Bibs in the news, bibs in the news, bibs in the news. All right, you ready for boobs? Boobs, lay right. on me. Florida, we're back in Florida, <laughs> where Florida. everybody is crazy. I actually really like Florida, but they seem to have a lot of boobs there. A Florida man was arrested after allegedly falsely impersonating a police officer to get a discount at, can you guess where? Oh, uh, uh, ammunition shop. Oh, that would make more sense. Wouldn't it? That would make more sense. Oh, a food food store, sandwich shop. Oh, donut. <laughs> our, our, so our sound guy, Ken, has heard this story apparently because he's, oh, he's not. He's giving her symbols. He's clearly, trying to teach her. Clearly in my mind, I don't, I, stereotypes don't play out in my mind. All right. So he impersonated a police officer <laughs> to get a discount at Wendy's. Oh, okay. So we were, we're, neither one of us were right. Okay. No, no, no. no. So he basically was a regular customer there. So he tried to pull this after he frequented often. Uh And so when the officer showed up because the Wendy's were on to him, they found the badge that he was using to impersonate law enforcement in his wallet. What? He probably saved like 20 cents. I... No, I mean, people are crazy. The badge was actually a concealed weapon permit badge, which closely resembles a police badge. Wow. So that's always comforting to know that the man that has a concealed weapon permit is also the guy that's impersonating asking, impersonating a police, police officer, officer at oh, a man. Wendy's. Yeah, wow. I mean, ammunition would Way to go, boob, because right? you saved your 20 cents on your burger. On your burger. All right, there's your boobs. <laughs> boobs in the news. Boobs in the news. Boobs in the news. I hear this so much. I think... Maybe because I'm out in the public and I, I'm really vocal about anybody who mentions anything about breast cancer. But I hear so often women who say, 
you know, I'm and they could be older, they could be younger, they could be somebody who started early with testing, but they're like, I have just dense breast. And here I am again for like my third year in the row, I've been called back for another mammogram. And, and you can just see that they're like in this tailspin of anxiety around, you know, what that looks like every single year, it's kind of the predictive pattern that they don't look forward to it, you know, and sometimes they even put it off because they're like, I know I'm going to just have to come in and do it again. So for those women specifically, what would you recommend? Like in what order? I think it's nice to just spell it out for people so they know what to do. Thermography, mammogram, mammogram, thermography, like how would you go about recommending to them, you know, a course of action when they know this has kind of like been their pattern? So many of my women do have dense breast tissue and the younger you are, usually the denser they are, they kind of lose density as we get older. But so many women come in so frustrated because they have to go back and repeat mammograms. And it's just not only is it more radiation and more compression on them, which is so uncomfortable, but it's very hard emotionally because they're, you know, it's a lot of anxiety, like you said. But mm-hmm. I think I would recommend, you know, thermography every year because you're watching your patterns. Mm-hmm. I have a question about contraindications because we had a friend who's pregnant and she found a, a lump and she did not want to get a mammogram and she went for thermography but was told that she wasn't a good candidate. Can you kind of talk about why that might be and then also what other contraindications exist that would not make a woman a candidate for thermography? you're pregnant or nursing, your breast thermal patterns are crazy. (laughs) You have a lot more vascularity in your breast because of the milk coming in. I mean, even newly pregnant women, Mm -hmm. you know, have all this vascularity, which is pointless to try to read that because we don't know what's, you know, the doctors won't know what's what when they're reading the images. So didn't you have that, Sarah, when you went in and you, you got imaging, wasn't it hard for them to kind of see everything because you were gearing up for pregnancy? No, that was, it was my MRI. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I got a mammogram. Okay. When I was pregnant. Okay. You know, and the other option is to do ultrasound, you know, where you're not getting that radiation. Yeah. Um, They had, I think when my specific situation, they had a hard time seeing definitively anything they were like well things look things look funky but we can't definitively say it it wasn't until I actually had the mammogram that they said okay yes for sure you know these look like calcifications and then it was the biopsy that obviously confirmed all of that I think that's interesting but it was the MRI you know and you would think they would have thought that through and even after the fact after I got it I should have I was like why didn't I bring this up but they're like I had an MRI while I was like lactating so and then then we got the mri results back which you know mri is not exactly like the cheapest test that you could get in the world right and they're like oh it's absolutely useless because we can't see anything and i'm like oh i could have told you that it's full of like milk (laughs) it's full of the calcium and i think it's interesting too because you had an ultrasound they couldn't see anything until they did your mammogram for me they did the mammogram and didn't see anything until they did the ultrasound yeah so i just want to put that out there that i think sometimes when we're talking about all these different tests and Mm -hmm. why it's important to use them all in conjunction with each other Mm -hmm. it's because Mm -hmm. depending on who you are you may have better luck or who's reading it or who's reading it there's a lot of factors doing it there's so many there's so many, you know, nuances to, I guess, getting the diagnosis and, and making sure that you're seeing the right thing that if you put all of your eggs into one basket, sometimes it's a little, yeah. 
I think that's what I want people to hear is that advocating for yourself and using all the tools in your toolbox can mm -hmm. be advantageous, but Mm -hmm. none of those modalities on their own, you know what I mean? Like can be 100% reliable. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. None of them are 100%. And there's, you know, there's breast cancers that you can see thermally that you can't see structurally. Right. Right. And there are breast cancer is structurally that you can't necessarily see thermally. So, you know, none of them are 100%. And that's why I always recommend doing both. Yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. Well, before we kind of close out on where people can find you and what, you know, maybe some final thoughts that you want women to know, let's hear from our second sponsor. Innsbruck Resort is a proud sponsor of the Faith Through Fire Respite House and the Besties with Breasties podcast. We know you work hard, but at Innsbruck, we also know you want to disconnect from what's stressing you out and reconnect with the important things in your life. Innsbruck makes it easy by offering lakefront living and vacationing less than 45 minutes from St. Louis. Vacation homes, golf, swimming, nature trails, fun events, and more. Take a drive and discover Innsbruck. Visit Innsbruck resort.com. All right, April, we really appreciate you sharing everything with us today about everything that you've learned. I feel like you and I could probably have a conversation all day about health and nutrition and, and everything because that's a whole nother conversation is when you see something, what do you what do you recommend for people? But what do you want women to know ultimately when it comes to thermography? I think the number one thing is that you do, it's not the standard of care here in the United States. So you do have to advocate for yourself. And I would say, learn more. And when, you know, I have a lot of people come in that say their doctors just think they're stupid and crazy for doing thermography. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I always offer to send the research because the research is out there. Mm-hmm. So I just, I feel like, you know, they, even patients need to do their research and just figure out what's out there. What's the best protocol for them. And, and always go with your gut. Women have really good intuition. Mm -hmm. I say, just do your research, know your facts and go with your gut. Yeah. I love that. Where can they find you, April? Midwest Thermography Solutions is located in town and country in Lamp and Lantern Village. And you can call us at 314-882-7529. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, April. April. We appreciate you. You're welcome. No problem. Thank you. Until next time, guys. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Besties with Breasties podcast. Leave us a voicemail or share your own experience on bestieswithbreastiespodcast.com. And don't forget to leave a five-star review. This episode was hosted by Sarah Hall and Beth Wilmus. Audio and production edits by Innovative Frequencies. 